0: Hello and welcome to the Anchor Faith Message Podcast. Enjoy this message.
1: So thankful for the Holy Spirit in our lives. Oh, man. The promise from the Father that the Holy Spirit would be able to come and dwell inside a man again. No longer did he have to dwell in the tabernacle or the temple. Come on, but he could dwell and abide on the inside of us, the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 So we've been, we've been uh, talking about uh, the Holy Spirit. Amen. We started last week uh, talking about the Holy Spirit in the lens of the kingdom of God. Because in Christianity, the problem that we have uh, seen throughout the years and throughout religion is that we've missed uh, the kingdom concept. in the position that he holds, which is king. Amen? we focused on Savior for years and years and years and years and years that we've taught so much that he is Savior that we forgot that he is a king of his kingdom. And so therefore, with that, we know that a lot of uh, mis-perspectives mis- um, uh, are not being articulated properly concerning who God is. Remember we talked about last week that we must look at God in all of the aspects of the titles that we that he holds and not just focus on one. Right? We know that he is God. He is what? Creator. He is the creator of heaven and earth. We know that then we can look to him as father. God, right? But then also we must recognize uh, that he is a king. And he is the king of the kingdom that we say we serve. And that for so long we have overlooked the fact, especially those in the United States, that we look at the Bible or we look at Jesus as uh, someone that just could save us from our sin so that when we die, we get to go to heaven and be with God for the rest of our lives. Instead of realizing that He meant for his citizens to operate in the kingdom now. Amen. What does that mean? The king's domain. The king's dominion. Right? And so uh, in recognizing that we must look at him in all of the different uh, titles that we hold, uh, that he holds, so that we can be people that are in balance of his word right in balance of his word, because we've gotten off one way or the other and not recognizing that a king, uh, has full authority in his kingdom. And we don't get to pick and choose what we decide we want to participate from in his kingdom because that's not how it works. In the United States, we get our independence, we get our freedom, and we get to uh, pick and choose what we want to do and what we don't want to do. But in the kingdom, the way that he laid it out, he let us know that there are laws, there are things that he established that is not a choice, that if we are going to be his children, right, then we're going to have to do what it is he says in his word. And we don't get to pick and choose what it is that we decide we want to do or what we don't want to do, right? And so it's very important that we recognize that, that this is about a king and his kingdom, right? And his royal offspring. And we started looking at the Bible from Genesis and God's original intent for man is that he wanted to establish uh, his uh, citizenship on earth that would be up underneath his kingship from heaven. Right. Right? He wanted to rule from heaven to earth through man. Why? Because God is love and he wanted to extend his love, come on, to mankind in the earth. He needed an object to be able to love. Amen. And so his kingdom does not operate like earthly kingdoms. Earthly kingdoms are, uh, you know, established by evil men. But God's kingdom is not established by evil. Actually, from God's original intent in Genesis, we could see that he never wanted man to have the knowledge of evil. So he did not want his man to ever have to know about evil. And he told him that if, when he put him in the garden, that if he did not eat what? The tree of knowledge, because if he did, then he would know evil. And so he gave him a boundary. Don't eat this fruit, because if you do, you'll surely die, because now you'll have the knowledge of evil. Evil, good and evil, right? And so he never wanted man to know that. He never wanted him to have to experience what we are experiencing because of the fall of Adam from the beginning the chaos, the disorder, everything that's happening in this world system is not God's original plan for his man. Actually, his original plan was, is that he put Adam in the garden and he looked around after everything and he said, and it was what? Good. It was good. So everything we see uh, now in the earth is a result of fallen man. Because of Adam, what does the Bible say? Because of one man's transgression, what happened? Sin entered the world. Sin entered the world. And so the result of what we see happening today is a result of of sin. And what was sin? Adam simply disobeying and choosing to rebel against what the king had told him to do. Right? And so we talked about last um last week about the Holy Spirit's role, because another thing that religion has done is we've looked at God the Father as the Creator, and, and we've looked at Him in those aspects, and we've also looked at Jesus, who was the Savior uh, to man, but what has happened is we see a whole generation uh, that has no idea of who the person of the Holy Spirit is. And yet he is the third person of the Godhead. And from the very beginning, we can even see in Genesis, we read all of this last week, that it was his spirit when he went to uh, create the earth, it said that his spirit was what? Hovering over the earth. Right? In the beginning was hovering over the earth. So we saw an image of the triune God or the Godhead right there in Genesis. And then he uh, said, let there be. And what was the result? Then the Holy Spirit was the one that would go and administrate and, and bring to pass everything that God spoke. So the Holy Spirit went into action to create everything that we see from the words of God's mouth. Amen. And so we see uh, that the Holy Spirit had a role to play. We also see that when Adam and Eve ate the fruit and disobeyed God in Genesis, that it says that he looked for them, came down and was looking for Adam in the what? Cool of the day in the cool of the day and Adam hid the scripture says from his presence. Why did he hide from the presence of God? Because of sin. Sin will always make you hide always make you hide will always make you lie will always make you uh not be want to be in the presence of God why because the Holy Spirit cannot dwell where sin is can't have intimacy there And so from the very beginning, not only because of the fall and the choice that Adam made, uh, we see then that the presence of God or the spirit of God had to what? Depart from man. So God sending Jesus was not just about Jesus saving us from our sin, dying the cross. But the reason he also sent Jesus was so that he could send back the Holy Spirit and his presence to our life. And we've forgotten that part of what Jesus's role was wasn't just to save us and redeem us from our sin. It was twofold. He had to save us and redeem us from our sin because the Holy Spirit's presence cannot dwell in a sinful man. So to get actually the Holy Spirit or God's presence back to man, he had to deal with sin. He had to deal with sin, not just so that when we die, we go to heaven. He had to deal with sin so that the Holy Spirit could come and dwell in the presence of man once again. Because we saw last week that God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in what? Spirit and truth. So, the way that God created man was so that we could meet with him and be in his presence and have a relationship with him and have a connection with him through spirit to what? Spirit. Spirit to spirit. Spirit to spirit. Most important thing you must realize is that God has already done all that God is gonna do. He created the world he ordained his kingdom, his laws, his policies, everything through his written word. He's already done what he is going to do. Jesus has already fulfilled his purpose. And his purpose was to die for the sin of mankind so that the Holy Spirit could come back and dwell in our presence. He's already fulfilled what he is supposed to do, right? He poured out his blood on the mercy seat so that the presence could come back and dwell. So Jesus has already done what he is supposed to do and his blood still speaks today. And anyone who would call on his name could then now have the presence of God, Emmanuel, with them, in them. Hallelujah. So then the most important thing that we must realize is that it's the Holy Spirit that's here in the earth today. It's the Holy Spirit because no man will even come or acknowledge the father or acknowledge that they need the savior unless the scripture says the Holy Spirit, what draws them unto themselves. No man goes after God. No, not one. The scripture says, so it's the Holy Spirit that's at work Right now, today in the earth, drawing men, letting them know they need a savior, letting them know that he is the answer to the why they can't ever be satisfied, letting them know that he is the reason. He is the why to why it just feels like nothing in this earth can satisfy. He is the why to the fact that it just seems like something's missing in my life. I've gained the whole world but something is still missing in my life. He's the why. He's what's missing and it's the infilling or the presence of almighty God on the inside of every man. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's the Holy Spirit that's working in the earth today. And we see the fact that man was never meant to be without the Holy Spirit's presence. Right. Yeah. He was never meant to to be without. We looked at the Holy Spirit as a governor. Remember, we talked about this. The Holy Spirit is like a governor who is sent by a king to go into a kingdom to set up its citizenry. I can't say that word. That's okay. I think I messed that one up last week. Citizenry, whatever that word is. Citizenry, very good. I did it last week, too. Uh, What did he want? He wanted to colonize earth with the kingdom. Now, we can't look at God and what happened in natural kingdoms and how natural kingdoms would go and take a territory and colonize uh, as looking at it as evil, right? Because God was creator of this earth, and all of this belongs to him. So he can colonize whatever it is he wants. He can take over the territory of man's heart. He can take over any territory in this earth that he wants because it's his by right, because he's creator. And so as looking as in as an example of a regular kingdom in the earth from man, we could see that when a king would send forth a governor to a territory that they took over to colonize, the governor was the representative of the king. And I thought it interesting the way he, uh, you know, looks at him as a governor because we see that man was never to be self-governed because this was never about a religion. This was about the kingdom government. We know that Isaiah, what did Isaiah say? Let me go over to Isaiah because I don't really have time to recap, but I want to start Um, here in Isaiah. And this was Isaiah either 6 and 9 or 9 and 6 nine, six, for a child will be born to us. A son will be given and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called what? Wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice, righteousness. And from then on, and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Every government in the earth will bow their knee to the kingdom government. God came to establish a government from his kingdom in the earth. And so the governor then was there to represent the kingdom government from heaven and the governor, which is what I call, I'm call, i calling the Holy Spirit, was there to teach, equip, and train the citizens of this new colony or territory of earth. So his job was to be the representative of, and the influence of the kingdom of heaven and was the connection between the kingdom of heaven and man. Amen. The kingdom of heaven and man. And so it was very important that we realize is that man was never to be without a governor. This is why we see that God said, even in his word, he wished he never even made man because they had become so what? Wicked. Because the fact is, when Adam rebelled, the spirit left, and from that point on, man has been trying to self-govern their life from then out, setting their own laws, setting their own, uh, you know, policies. So we see that God, that man was never to be apart from the Holy Spirit. God, and without the Holy Spirit, we know that then all, this is where all dysfunction came from. All sin, all dysfunction, fear, abuse, everything, because man started making his own laws. Remember, that's why he had to give Moses the law because men was wicked and they wouldn't have known what was right according to God or not. And so therefore he gave Moses the law and said, if you can just keep this, right? So we were never to be uh, lawless. Never. Mankind always had boundaries, always needed a governor. Always needed someone in their life to keep them straight, I like to say. Now, I was reminded of this. Y'all know I sometimes have funny little things about... Mechanics, because I think I'm like a mechanic, because if something goes wrong, I'm like, oh, I think it's that, and then it would be that, you know? Ask my husband. I haven't had to do that for years. This is when, you know, our cars were a little older and different things. Well, anyway, I was thinking about this as the governor. Now, y'all know there's governors that you can put on your vehicles. And what is that governor to do? It's to regulate power. It's to regulate the power, the governor. Or I like to say also some people I've heard put governors on uh, maybe their young teenagers vehicles so they wouldn't be able to go past the speed limit. Right? Right. So, you know, automatically they're not going to be able to go over 55 or whatever the case may be when they started driving a new vehicle and they got actually a hot rod and they shouldn't have got one. And I don't even know what parent was even thinking, right? So they, they would put a governor on it so that they wouldn't be able to go past their limit. Or past their boundary, and so that's what's a kind of a connection with the governor, uh, as the Holy Spirit was there put in our life, so that we could then uh, recognize and regulate the power of God on our in, on the inside of our lives, but then also keep us in alignment. Keep us from going out of our boundary of the power of God or keep us from going out of the boundary of the laws of God and the principles of God. And so it's very important that we look and recognize him as that because we see what happened when Adam rebelled. When Adam rebelled, he lost the presence of God, not just lost the kingdom, and access to the kingdom, but he lost the governor, the presence of God. And so therefore, rebellion brought disconnection, right? Communication. And that's one of the number one strategies of the enemy, even in today's Christian world, That if he can get you disconnected from the presence of God or from the Holy Spirit, or he can keep you ignorant of the Holy Spirit, then he knows there won't be a connection. There won't be intimacy. There won't be uh, a person learning and growing about who they are in Christ. We know this is the strategy of every war enemy. The number one thing when you go to war is to what? The strategy. Cut off communication. So the devil knew exactly what he was doing. He wanted to sever the communication between man and God. Because he knew if he did that, then he could disconnect them. And so therefore, his strategy worked, right? But oh, we saw in the next scriptures in Genesis that he said, that's all right, I'm gonna send my seed. And he's gonna what? Crush your head and bruise your heel, right? And who was that seed? Jesus. Jesus. So Jesus was the seed of the promise. Jesus was the seed to bring the promise of the Holy Spirit back to the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Was the seed. So that then man could reestablish that relationship or that connection with the Holy Spirit in the earth. Hallelujah. Philippians 3.20 says this. You know, I've been reading this year out of the, uh, the Passion translation, and I thought it was awesome that it read this way, uh, just talking about the fact that he wanted to colonize earth. It says, but, but we are a colony of heaven on earth as we cling tightly to our life giver, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Passion got it right. The passion got it right. We're a colony, right, of kingdom citizens that are to operate in his dominion, hallelujah, that Adam lost, in his dominion that Adam was said to uh, have dominion over the earth, to rule, to reign, to cultivate, to lead, right, over the earth. And so God wanted to reestablish that to man. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, let's move forward to this week and what I want to talk about. We see that it's very important that we also recognize, um, and I already said this, that the plan of redemption was twofold, accessing uh, the Father. Um, again, restoring mankind from his rebellion and sin nature so that then the Holy Spirit, the governor, could be able to come and dwell back on the inside of us. Amen? Now, Jesus, he also recognized uh, that fact because Jesus himself said that he here in John 1833 recognized that he was he had a purpose it says uh in John 183337 it says therefore pilate entered again into the praetorium and summoned jesus and said to him are you the king of the jews jesus answered are you saying this on your own initiative or did others tell you about me and pilate answered and said i am not a jew am i Your own nation and chief priest delivered you to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered and said, what? My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Therefore, Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered. Who answered? He said, you say correctly. That I am a king, and for this I have been what? Born. And for this I have come into the world to testify of truth. Recognizing that he was a king and that was his purpose, right? To come into the world, and it says, and everyone who hears the truth hears my voice. So he recognized his purpose was not just to die on the cross so that people can get to heaven. His purpose was to reestablish the fact that he was bringing a kingdom back to the earth. His king's dominion, his realm of dominion back to the earth. And then to testify of the truth. Who was the spirit of truth? The Holy Spirit. To testify of truth. Hallelujah. So he recognized. He recognized what his mission was. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, we read this, that in Romans five twelve it says, therefore, just as though one man sin entered into the world, death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all have sinned. All have sinned, and in Romans three twenty three it says, this all have sinned and fall short of what the glory of God. Now, what is the glory of God? The presence of God, the glory of God, the presence of God. So we've fallen short of sin and the presence of God, the glory of God. When, man, when the presence of God left, man left in the garden. When the presence of God, his glory left. That's why he said he was looking for a temple that he could fill with his what? Glory has to do with his presence, his glory. So it had to do with both sin and the presence of God being reestablished back to man because of sin. And I like what the glory means here. It says, the kingly majesty which belongs to him as supreme ruler. Majesty, the sense of absolute perfection of the deity. The kingly majesty of the Messiah. You see what it's saying? That glory has to do with kingship, kingdom, dominion, not just Religion, Amen. So as we see here, because sin entered, then therefore that glory could not dwell with man. Death, destruction. This is where death and destruction came in because he said, uh, "You will surely die the day that you eat it." Did they die physically? No, they died what? Spiritually. And his presence. And so this is where we know that death came into the world. The world now we see is a result of the glory of God not being in the earth. Even the earth knows that the glory's not here. The earth is crying out, scripture says, right? The earth is crying out for his return. Because when he returns, we know he's gonna return as what? King. Not a suffering servant, but a king to rule. And so the earth is waiting and crying out for its return so that it could receive the glory of the Lord again. Hallelujah. So the environment is full of destruction, death, dysfunction, Everything was out of control when Adam decided to disobey and to rebel. Everything. Why am I making this a point here? Because man then as self-governing were only in survival mode. survival. And we have to ask ourselves, spirit filled, uh talking, believing the Bible church, are we still walking around in survival mode when we have the glory that's been deposited on the inside of us? Oh. Or are we walking around full of his glory? We should not be walking around and letting circumstances control us any longer when we know that we have dominion that's been brought back to us because of the kingdom of God. We were transferred from the domain of darkness and brought into the marvelous light of his kingdom. Now we are in kingship, royalship, Right Now we can then have the presence of God and the glory of God on the inside of us and are we walking as those that are full of his presence and his glory and his anointing and his dominion or are we still just surviving like the rest of the world without God? Because that's what they were doing. They were in survival mode. And everything they were doing then was ruling them because they had no more dominion over the earth. They had no more authority over the earth. So every circumstance, every situation, everything going on in the earth ruled them. Is it still ruling you today, child of God? Child of the king? Or are you ruling over your circumstances? Are you taking authority? Are you having dominion over things going on in your life? Right? Because here, everything we know, and I I believe I mentioned this, but I want to read the scripture um, in 1 John 2.15. It says that we know that when Adam fell, survival mode, what were they doing? They were looking for the earth to fulfill anything that they had need of. So uh, we know that 1 John 2 said that they were, what, right from there on, that was the lust, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eye. And this is how the world operated. Right? And this is what they were doing. First John 2, 15 through 29. It says this. It says, do not love the world, nor the things in this world, this world's system, this world's operations. It says, for anyone who loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Do you love the things of this world more than you love the things of God? Ask yourself. If he asked you to get rid of this, to leave this job, to sell this, to move out of this, to give away that, do you love your things of this world more than you love God? He said, do not love the things of this world. And then he goes on to say, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the father but is from the world. This world is you'll get while I'm reading this because when I read this I was like wow lord you're so good cuz I I don't just read the scripture that I want to be able to teach from I read it in context. So as I was reading this in context look what it says. The world is passing away and also its lust but the one who does the will of God lives forever children, it is the last hour. And just as you had heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrist have appeared. From this we know that it is the last hour. So they went out from us, but they were not really of us. For they had been, with, if they had been with us, they would have remained with us. But they went out so that it would be shown that, uh, that they all are not of us. Listen to verse 20. But you, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know. What is that anointing? The presence of God now dwelling on the inside of you. See this in context? So it wasn't just about Jesus coming, dying on the cross to get us out, but it was about an anointing that he wanted to put in us. It was about the presence of God that he wanted to put on us. And he said this in the last hour. Listen, this world is passing away and all the things of it, but you've got an anointing for this hour. The Holy One on the inside of you. Hallelujah. You have an anointing. I have not written to you because you don't know the truth, but because you do know it and because no lie is of the truth. So you ought to be thankful that you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. So that you can know the difference and we talked about this when I ministered on lies, lies, and more lies. The difference and have discernment of what's really going on in the world. This is not about a political agenda. This is about what's going on in the kingdom of God. The spirit of Antichrist and the hour that we're living and what is going to be happening in the days to come. And if you can't discern that, that's a problem. It says... Um, It says, who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist. And the one who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. And the one who confesses the Son has the Father also. Verse 24. As as for you, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you have heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father, this is the promise which he himself made to us eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. Verse 27, as for you, the anointing which you receive from him abides in you and you have no need for anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie and just as it is taught you, you abide in him. Now little children abide in him so that when he appears, we would have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. For if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. So this had to do with the fact that you have an anointing on the inside of you. And you, you don't have to uh, fall into the, the things and the concerns, the lusts of the flesh, all these things, uh, these things that are going on in the world. And we that are born again won't allow those things And if you would tap into the anointing on the inside, you won't have to fall into those traps. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's one good thing about the presence of God being on the inside of us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at Romans 1, 1 through 4. Paul, I love the book of Romans. And we've been reading it with our Bible reading plan, right? So Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through the prophets and the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son who was born of a descendant of David. Who was that descendant? according to the flesh who was declared the son of God with the power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness of Jesus Christ. Paul had complete revelation that it wasn't just about Jesus dying. He said, I want to know him and what? The power of his resurrection. What was the power of his resurrection? The Holy Spirit that brought him up out of the grave. So Paul had revelation that it wasn't just about Jesus dying and going on the cross so that when he dies he gets to go to heaven one day. It was about also the power of the resurrection or the presence or the glory of God coming and dwelling in man again so that he could take his rightful place of dominion on the earth, so that the governor could then begin to teach them and teach us all things concerning. Remember, I read that scripture last week out of 1 John. He said, I'm gonna ask the Father to send what? He said, I'm gonna ask the Father to send uh, that he will give you a helper and that he would be in you forever this was John 14:16:24 that is what the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive but it does not see him or know him but you know him because why he abides in you and you will be in and he will be in you And then if you drop down to verse 26, it says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will what teach you all things and bring to remembrance all the things that I have said. So the role of the Holy Spirit was to teach us or testify of the truth and to teach us all things concerning the kingdom of God. This is why we have his presence dwelling on the inside of us to be reconnected with God through spirit, spirit to spirit, and then to begin to build that communication and relationship with him, intimacy with him, so that then the Holy Spirit can teach us all things concerning the kingdom of God and who we are now in Christ. Are y'all following me? All right. I have a lot of stuff. How's our time? Oh, man. I knew it. I knew it. Well, we'll cover what we need to cover. So uh, we recognize then that uh, man needed the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the Father knew he needed to bring forth the Holy Spirit back to man, so he sent Jesus. I already read the scripture where we realized that Jesus recognized that his purpose was to come as king, right? Right. And then we read in Isaiah that it was about a government coming to the earth, not a religion or not the religion of Christianity. It was about his kingdom government coming back to be established on the earth. Amen? Let's look at, this was, I want to read just a couple more scriptures and then we be, uh, we'll be done. So Isaiah prophesied about the government that would come and rest on his shoulders. But look at what Joel prophesied. Joel In the book of Joel, chapter two, verses 28 through 29, it says, and it will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions even on the male and female servants. I will pour out my spirit in those days. So Isaiah prophesied about Jesus coming and this government, but Joel prophesied about the Holy Spirit then being poured out back in the earth. And then we see that this is the sister scripture to the New Testament in the book of Acts, right? In the book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 16, it says, but this was spoken of through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men uh, men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond servants, both men and women, and I in those days will pour forth of my spirit and they shall prophesy hallelujah they shall prophesy they shall prophesy and then in verse 21 it says this and it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the lord shall be saved so it was twofold we see that twofold that he wanted to pour out his spirit on all mankind and Be able to save mankind from the nature of sin. Hallelujah. And redeem mankind. And you know what's so awesome about Jesus? Jesus himself was conceived by what? The Holy Spirit. He was the seed. He was the seed. And the seed was conceived by what? The Holy Spirit. He was the seed, and the seed was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Let's read that scripture. Matthew, in Matthew uh, chapter 1, 18 through 25, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follow: When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she found to be with child by what? The Holy Spirit. We know this as the what? Virgin birth. And the, and right? And so here it is. She was, cons- uh, was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit and Joseph her husband being a righteous man not wanting to disgrace her plan to send her away secretly but when he had considered this behold the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying Joseph son of David don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It was about bringing back the seed and the seed of conceived by the Holy Spirit. It was about the Holy Spirit being able to be returned into man again. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. And then we also see that Jesus who is our example, right? And is our savior. He's our king. We also see that in Matthew chapter three, verses one through three, that Jesus did not fulfill any of his earthly assignment without being baptized by the Holy Spirit. Before he did any miracle, before he did anything in the earth, He was filled, right, baptized in the spirit. Here is Matthew 3, one through three. It says, now in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is what? At hand, for this is the one referred to that Isaiah, the prophet, which we just read, when he said the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And then in uh, verse 11 through uh, 17, it says, As for me, I will baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not even fit to remove his sandals. He will, though, what will he baptize you? With the Holy Spirit and fire. The Holy Spirit and fire. This is what Jesus said he was going to do. Right? And then in verse 13, then Jesus arrived from Galilee at Jordan coming to John to be what? baptized by him, but John tried to prevent him saying, I have need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, permitted at this time for in this way, it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him after being baptized. Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open and he saw the spirit of God descending as a dove Uh, and lighting on him, and behold, a voice out of heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So he was conceived by the spirit, brought the seed of the promise, come on, to the earth. And then not only that, we see and recognize that he then uh, was baptized by the Holy Spirit because we know that Jesus was a man in the earth and he had to show forth the dominion that mankind was to have in the earth and over the earth. So he walked as a man full of the Holy Spirit and power and dominion to, have, to show forth demonstrations of his authority in the earth again. We know he showed forth all those uh, demonstrations in the earth, didn't, didn't he? Yeah, he healed the sick. He multiplied the bread. He calmed the storms. This is all the dominion that God gave Adam in the garden. He said, you rule over it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, everything that creeps on the earth, Right? You rule over it. You have dominion over it. And we see that Jesus did. He demonstrated the kingdom dominion on the earth by the power of the Holy Spirit because he did none of those miracles until he was baptized by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. What's so awesome about this promise that he said he was gonna send He said he was going to send this promise. And we all get to participate and take hold of the promise. Not just the promise that he was going to send his son, but the promise of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The promise of the Holy Spirit. Look at Luke. These are my last scriptures and we'll be done. Luke 24, 49, it says, And behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are here to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Until you are clothed with power. This was him speaking to his disciples. Acts 1, 4, Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. See, the father didn't just promise to send Jesus. The father promised to send forth his spirit, the Holy Spirit. That's right. Good point. So he says... um, uh, in Acts two thirty three, it says, "Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has poured forth that which you both see and hear." So He poured out that which you can see and hear. Acts 2:39 For the promise is for what? You and your children and for all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. The Holy Spirit was the promise from the Father. For all mankind, is he still calling people to be saved today? And then we can see that he's still calling people then to be filled with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he wanted every man. It wasn't just for a certain denomination or for a religion. No, it was for every man that would call on his name to be saved that also could receive the promise of his spirit. The promise of his spirit. Hallelujah. And we need it. We need it today. We need his spirit to help us, to guide us, to teach us, to train us. And we'll get into that next week. But I just wanted to prove the point that it was not just about Jesus coming. It was about his Holy Spirit being able to be brought back to mankind and his presence. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful that he said we all can participate in the promise. We all should receive of the promise. It's a free gift, just like his salvation. It's a free gift. His promise is a free gift. Hallelujah.
0: Thanks again so much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to get more of our content, you can subscribe wherever you're listening, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. You can also watch our weekend messages at youtube.com forward slash anchor faith when they air every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Subscribe to us so you never miss a message and leave us a comment or a like. It really does help. You sharing, rating, and commenting on this podcast and any of our content is the best way to keep it in circulation for others to be influenced with this message of God's kingdom. So please consider sending a link to friends and family, sharing on social media, or simply giving us a rating. And finally, if you'd like more information about Anchor Faith Church and support the work we're doing from St. Augustine, Florida in igniting the city, impacting the nation, and influencing the world, you can visit us at anchorfaith.com.